0: All right.
1: Good morning, happy Monday. My name is John Hansman, and I'm here with my co-host Emilio, and we are the Business and Bytes podcast. Super excited to be here as we talk about different topics about business, whether it's uh, how to grow your business, how to do marketing how to pick the right employees. We've had a number of fantastic audiences. And today we have the opportunity to talk about what the heck is a virtual assistant? Like think about all the changes that have happened after COVID and, and now so many things are remote. And now we have people who have remote jobs who can help you grow your business or take things off your plate. So today we have Rachel who's with us, who's going to, Talk to us about what a virtual assistant is and how we, we, you can utilize one in your business. So without further ado, I'm going to bring her on and let's get this started. Rachel.
2: Hello, hello. How's
1: it going? So you're in sunny Florida over with Emilio, correct?
2: Yes, I am.
0: Oh, lucky you. It's raining. Do you know where you're at? Do you know where John's at?
2: <laughs> no, I mean, I see what Washington yeah. yeah. Wow, okay. Yes.
1: <laughs> it was sunny for two days and it was great. I played pickleball outside a little bit. It was fantastic. And then, and then it, it was like fake spring. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Tricked you.
1: <laughs> yeah. you makes you think well, what's going on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what you do. So you are a virtual assistant. Tell us what that looks like.
2: So as a virtual assistant, I basically help Busy businesses, busy people. Even if they didn't, you know, necessarily have a business, but I work with mostly businesses right now. And what I do is mostly admin work, uh, social media marketing. I'm basically like their helping hand, their second hand. So all the stuff they do in the background, you know, you know, checking emails in the middle of the night, and you know, staying up extra hours to post on social media. That's all the stuff that I take over.
1: Awesome. Very cool and so you have experience in social media and you're doing um different just different tasks you're so i'm assuming you're just meeting with uh, businesses and saying how can i fill the gap
2: yes exactly i have like a whole list of tasks that i can do that i offer to businesses okay. and i always tell them to you know if you don't see something listed i can still do it you know most of the time um right. like for example i had a realtor and he's like you know i have a crm system would you be able to organize it for me? And, you know, kind of keep up with it, make, make sure it's updated so that he can look at it and everything is, you know, on par up to date. And I was like, I don't know how to do that right now. But 100% I'll learn it. And I did. So you know, it really just depends on what they need.
1: That's great. That's great. How so Tell us two things. So I know I hear, I talked a lot. I hear a lot about people talking about VAs and obviously you're in the United States. Mm -hmm. There's quite a few VAs that are, that are foreign that are outside the United States. What is, tell us like a little bit about what the difference is. I'd love to hear, let's start out with the benefit. What do you see like the changes or the things that you've been able to accomplish for small businesses or medium businesses as a VA?
2: So some of the things I've been able to accomplish starting as a VA, I mean, I started with a dog groomer. She was the first one who kind of gave me that opportunity to be a VA for her. So I did a lot of her scheduling and as well as her social media. And she was like, you know, I want to be on social media. I want to be like this go-to dog groomer, but also someone who like knows, like is like an educational source too, you know, like this go-to source. So I started posting the before and afters for her dogs events, like dog friendly events and everything. And her social media, I mean, let's say it's not in the thousands right now, but you know, just being consistent with it, she's been able to grow her social media and the girl is fully booked now. Like she's fully booked into May. So, you know, whether it be from social media or just this consistent scheduling that I've been able to do for her and automatic scheduling, now she's booked out. She doesn't even have to worry about marketing or anything like that. You know, now she just wants to keep up a consistent image, you know? And then awesome. same thing with some of the other businesses that I've had, I mostly do social media. So they've been able to grow their accounts and just have this presence that is super important, obviously, for businesses. Because, you know, when now nowadays, times when people look at social media, they're looking to see that you're consistently posting, you know, that you're present in the online sphere, you know?
0: That's awesome. Yeah, we had to learn that. We had to learn that the hard way. Um, when you do that and you see that there is, value and what you're offering them. Mm
2: -hmm. Do you try to
0: shift then? Do you say, hey, what else now? Now did that create another problem for you? And now can I fill that one? And then you kind of just shift your way around the around the organization.
2: Yeah, definitely. So I mean let's say they started with social media and you know, like I said, they started to get more clients, then obviously I would want to offer them my scheduling services, you know, how can I manage your appointments? You know, how can I grow your business? I mean that's really my main purpose is growing the business, you know, for people that I work with, because just as a business owner myself, I mean, I started this, and I know how much work it takes to keep up with it. And so I have this understanding for other business owners, too, that they're going through the same thing. So that's why it's so rewarding to be this helping hand for them. And yeah, like you said, just shift into different tasks that they might need, you know, even project management, that's another one that I help them with, where they can kind of, so they can keep track of their deadlines, you know, through me so I can remind them, hey, remember, this is coming up. I have someone that I send them a bunch of networking events for, you know, the month so they can pick and choose and I can sign them up for it. And all they have to do is go, you know. So it's like you know, a I real <laughs> <same season laughs> <of> time. Yeah,
1: it's <laughs> just thinking the same thing.
0: I, I might <laughs> need one of those. Yeah, that, that was pretty good. That's a good one. I like that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, in our um, in our industry, we have these conversations a lot. Me and John are in part of the same peer group. Sometimes different mass, same mastermind, peer groups, etc. Of different owners of IT businesses, and we always have this conversation about VA because we wear so many hats, right? And we start, and our expertise is usually on the IT side, not on the sales side, not on the marketing side, not on the accounting side, not on the social media side. But it's all things that we have to learn and. We can't hire a full-time person for all of that. We're startups, you know. Mm-hmm. For the most part, um, you know. So things like this do become real valuable. So kind of to piggyback off of John's initial question, um, and I know this is something I had commented to you about. Um, what would you say are the pros and cons between hiring onshore and offshore uh, VA assistants?
2: Right. So pros and cons for sure. I mean, so that's a lot of the things I get when I talk to people, especially at networking events. Uh, a good amount of them usually have had experience with someone who is offshore or currently have someone who's offshore. And so they always ask me, you know, what's the difference, especially when the people who are offshore are $10 and under an hour, you know, and so they do provide, you know, like a very, very, very budget friendly option. But here's the thing. With people who are offshore, one, there's a time difference, of course. So, You might want something done today and they're not going to see it until tomorrow, you know, so that's one of the things. So you're not going to get as immediate of a task done as the time difference.
0: The time difference becomes a hindering issue, hindering
2: the the time difference. So that's one of the things. Another is that these VAs offshores, their main purpose and task is to, just get the work done, you know. And it like a lot of the times they do a decent job, but the thing is they have no real connection, like personal connection to the person that they're working for. You know, a lot of my clients, I have weekly meetings with them just to catch up and just to really like continue to get to know each other and establish this trust and loyalty and everything. And you don't really get that with someone who's offshore, like, yes, you can get the work done, but when it comes to, let's say, you know, you need a super personalized newsletter or you need like really upbeat and flashy kind of like social media stuff, are they going to be able to do that without a real understanding of your business? So it kind of leads me into the next point of onshore virtual assistants are way more personalized to your business. You know, like I said, my pers- my purpose is to help grow businesses. I don't really know that they can say the same thing for themselves, you know, so while yes, offshore virtual assistants might be, you know, significantly cheaper. It also comes with that price of not having someone who's personalized, not having someone who's maybe as you know loyal to you and what you do with your business, you know. And then obviously the time difference, of course. So it really is like a quality over quantity kind of thing. Because I've heard of people having multiple virtual assistants offshore. But what is the point of that if you could just get one really good onshore virtual assistant who can do everything for you and you're communicating with one person rather than three to five of them? So it's a lot of there's a lot of differences between the two. It really just depends on like what a business wants. But I do always recommend, of course, an onshore virtual assistant just because of what you really get with it. The quality is a lot different.
1: Are most of your clients within in your state or are you spread out? Uh, All over the place.
2: All of them right now are in Florida. They're spread throughout Florida, but yes, all of them are here in the state.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, and that's why we're here because, you know, between the two of us, we're nationwide. So uh, Uh, Washington's look watching. Uh, (laughs) uh, When that's, that's the, that's the whole thing. Like we live in this world now where we are so mobile Mm -hmm. uh, that. You can serve, and that's that's the whole thing. If somebody can serve offshore, then they can do anyone. An offshore person can, can go anywhere.
2: Yes, exactly.
1: What? So, if somebody's looking for a virtual assistant, uh, what are the things that they should like? I guess interview questions. What are the things that they should be asking?
2: So, one of the things is, I mean, and this question I've gotten a lot is really like what kind of businesses they work with and me personally I work with a lot of different kinds of businesses but you know I really I feel like they should have some kind of interest or knowledge about your business you know so whether it is something in IT you know like you might want to have someone who is kind of skilled in that area you know so it's definitely it definitely depends on what kind of VA you're looking for but that's definitely one of the things you might want to ask another one is you know, what their hours look like, what's their turnaround time, because chances are they might have other clients as well. um, As do I and so I usually give them like a one or two business day turnaround time, I try my best, obviously, if someone asks me, hey, I need this within an hour or two, if I can do it, I will. But a lot of VAs, they do have a turnaround time, because they're working on other businesses, you know, so that's another thing that's important to ask. And then also, of course, like, the confidential confidentiality aspect of things is really big. I have a contract in place with all of my clients to make sure that they feel safe within like with working with me, because there are so many different things that you, you know, receive as a VA, like passwords and client information and all these things to get in touch with people. But if there's no confidentiality aspect in place that, could obviously become a problem. So that's something that I always bring up with my clients is that, hey, let's make sure we get the contract signed and everything before you give me any information at all. And I think that's important in you know, establishing trust with a lot of these businesses. So I definitely think those are a few questions that, um, that I think a lot of businesses could ask a VA when they're hiring them.
0: Great. You brought up a good point that I that I didn't consider if I'm like if I was measuring the onshore, offshore, it's it's the culture and the understanding of how the information is going to be digested by the audience. All right. So if you say, hey, just post this on social media, they might just post it, but somebody that's from here might know, hey, if you do it this way, it'll just get that much more interaction mm-hmm. instead of just black and white, post it like this. You know, exactly. So I, I didn't think of that. So that's a good point.
2: Yeah, Very there are point. like certain tweaks yeah. that VAs make. You know that I think can make all the difference in a business. You know how businesses are run over offshore is a lot different different than here. You know, in the state, in the country, and whatnot. So it, there is a different understanding there.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's great. So I'm not asking you to badmouth anyone, <laughs> but. What are, what are some what are some things to watch out for when you're when you're talking about uh, a VA? Is there some, like red flags that, that people can look for uh, to keep them from from because you're like you said just a couple minutes ago, you're giving away or you're as a VA taking on information that's private and personal.
2: Mm-hmm. So what
1: are, what are some things that uh, would help somebody just make sure that they're gonna have a good fit or just avoid issues? I-
2: I think one of the things, like I said, kind of piggybacking off of the whole confidentiality agreements is if they don't have something like that in place, I would do that yourself, you know, like as a business to protect yourself, because, you know, like people literally give me their passwords for their emails. And it's like, imagine like how much you can do with that, you know, as someone who may not be as trustworthy. So Always like I say, red flag if they don't have some kind of agreement in place, that's definitely something, you know. As well as, I mean, the whole point of having a VA is to, you know, is to decrease your stress level, right? At the end of the day, that's what you want, whether it's so that you can work on other things, have a better work life balance, you know, whatever the reason is, you're going to have less stress at the end of the day by hiring a VA. So If your VA is not super communicative, like can't communicate very well, you know, like with the back and forth and everything, because it is so constant with businesses and stuff between questions and research and everything, you know, if they can't communicate well, that's one thing, you know, if they're not answering your messages in a pretty timely manner, I feel like that's definitely a little bit of a red flag, you know, because you want someone who can get things done quickly. Uh, easily, you know, whatever it is, and kind of, in a sense, on their own, too. I mean, everyone's going to have questions. But at the end of the day, like, you also need to learn how to operate as an individual working for a business and be like almost a self starter, right. So really, like kind of problem solve on your own and everything, because you're taking these tasks off of the business's hands. Don't put it right back onto them, you know, by like, asking 10,000 questions or whatever it is, you know, obviously, there's going to be a period where you're learning things. So obviously, there will be questions, but you don't want to continue to take up their time after the fact. So definitely a little bit of a red flag. Um, As well as I mean, I, I there have been a few times where I've been out of town or whatever but i always make sure that my business the businesses still feel taken care of you know so i'll take my of course i have my phone on me but my laptop and everything and make sure that i'm looking at my email a few times a day like it all goes back to that whole communication thing even if they're on vacation like their business their clients you know their businesses are still running so are you checking in with them are you making sure that like they're still doing okay and? You just need to make sure that the VA that you hire is, you know, going to be available, going to be around because their business is running, whether you're there or not. So you need to keep up with that as well, or get ahead one or the other. So.
1: I guess that brings up another point. So I had a client who will remain nameless, who hired a (laughs) VA. (laughs) And she thought the VA was going to run her business for her. Mm. Uh, And, and her, her communication skills weren't that great anyways. So how does a business, so say you get a VA and you're Mm -hmm. like, Hey, this is going to solve some issues. What are the limitations of a VA? What are the ways that a business can set a virtual assistant up for success ahead of time? Because I think the thing that I've always heard, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the more instructions, the detailed instructions you give, the more, Uh, information you give, the better it is for your virtual assistant. You can't just like say, Hey, I want you to do, I want you to run my back end and be like, okay, have a great day. And
2: then
1: (laughs) expect that they can just take things over, which is kind of almost what it seemed like was happening in that case. What are the so things that, that are... the, we can't do that with
0: our employees we I, i'm not supposed to do that to my employees
1: <laughs> no 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 i'm like,
0: just, I'm like no. just get it done guys get it done and report back to me end of the day get it done
1: yeah so <laughs> what are the way yeah what are the ways that you can kind of set i think you think you're you have a point there Milia. it's the same ways you set your employees up for success but what are some yeah. things that help you when you're getting started with the company
2: so a hundred percent i mean you definitely have a point in like the more instruction and direction you give a VA from the start, the better they're gonna do, you know? Like, I, I have had people who are like, okay, just take over my social media. And I'm like, okay, you know, like there are obviously some questions that come with that, you know? So what I learned over the time of being a VA is that if you also don't get the direction you want, you obviously have to ask for it. So once, you know, once I had someone say, take over my social media, I was like all right first things first let's fill out a form so i know exactly what you're looking for you know because there are so many different aspects to social media that you know a va can help with do you want help with a content calendar do you want help with content creation hashtags captions you know do you want video or do you want to stick to strictly photos and graphics it's so like there depends on so much so i mean The more direction that you give someone, or a VA, obviously, in this case, from the beginning, the better off you're going to be, because think about how long you took to obviously, you know, any business takes to learn these different aspects of their business, right? They have to transfer that on to a VA, too. You can't just expect that they'll know exactly what you want. And in addition to that, in like the marketing sphere, you have to know like what kind of voice they're using, you know, what what are i mean what are the simple things like their fonts and their brand colors and all these things when it comes to marketing and how they speak to their customers it is so different for every business some people want to be inspirational or educational or plain enter you know entertaining so all these things i feel like if you just have I mean better off if you have a whole brand guide and template and everything but if you don't i mean it might be a good time to make one too but if you were able to wrap all of that in a nice pretty box and give it to your va ideally that would be a great way for them to kind of take things over for you and the less questions they're going to ask you too and down the road
0: yeah yeah, I, I think, think there's a- just. That, I think Rachel just said that AM3 doesn't have branding or personality, <laughs> and now I feel personally attacked. And now I'm gonna have to go talk to my marketing person, which is me, and that's probably the problem.
2: Hey, all the hats. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, well, and I think I've seen that. I've seen people hire virtual assistants and then get upset because they didn't do the the things that they wanted them to do. Mm -hmm. And, and then there was this lack of communication or this lack of clarity. And I think as I look at my past of being an owner and having employees, I know I've done that. Mm -hmm. Like I know I've hired people and not created really good expectations. And, uh, and then it's when things don't go well that I'm like, well, what happened And you know, three quarters of the time it was me and my communication Uh skills. So I think that's neat. And I think that uh, one of the things that I think when when I look at, because I've considered a VA for a while, uh, you're really having an extension of your team,
2: which Mm -hmm.
1: is a really neat, really neat part
2: of of having a virtual assistant. Absolutely. You're supposed to, you know, your VA is supposed to fill in these little holes where you're missing a little bit of that extra help. So, you know, as, as much as they're not like a full-time employee or even technically a part-time employee, I mean, they're, you know, they're basically con- contracted by your company and everything or by you as a business to just like, you know, they fill in these little spots and everything or they're project-based or whatever. So, you know, as much as you teach your own team to do things, you still have to do the same thing with a VA. You know, they're not, they don't, they don't know everything, everything. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, that's, that's true.
0: You made that's a, true. you made a, a comment about um, your return time and, you know, when you can a day or two days do you also have people that say hey let's schedule this every Monday from 3 to 4 p.m your mind type thing and is that is that part of the service as well
2: so I can do something Mm -hmm. like that because I actually currently don't have any clients that want to like schedule real working time for me right now I have people who have standing meetings you know like every Wednesday at 2pm, I meet with my realtor client. So and we go over kind of like all the follow ups from the last week or whatever it is. So in that sense, yes, I have people who have like a certain amount of time with me. But as far as working time, um, I can do it, you know, like I just don't as of right now, because no one has asked for it. So if someone was like, you know, I need you every Monday morning, from 10 to 12 or whatever it is, or let's say they have a meeting with their team every Monday and they need notes taken, you know, I can do stuff like that hundred percent. It's just, of course, all goes back to that communication thing, you know, Mm -hmm. and really letting them know like, yes, can I do it or can I not? And just like being flexible, it really is a lot about being flexible.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So here comes the next question. This is probably the other, the other thing that I, I bet you get a lot of people asking, how much does a good onshore VA cost?
2: So (laughs) that, uh, that is such a big question because a lot of people have asked me that but I charge and everything. And, as you know, as much as I want to say here is the base price that I charge, it really does vary. I know that's not the answer that a lot of people want, but you know, because I offer so many different things, and I can't speak to the same for uh, many VAs unless they offer similar things that I do. But you know, one hour of admin work, like emailing their clients or managing appointments. Is not nearly the same amount of effort as one hour of content creation for their social media. So I always tell people, please book like the consultation with me. It's free, it's 30 minutes. And then I can get a good understanding of what they want. And then that way, you know, I'm not charging them an arm and a leg just to manage their emails, you know. So, but if I could give you a range, I mean, good onshore va's probably range anywhere from like 20 25 to like 40 dollars an hour and i know that a lot of them at least that i've seen offer packages so you know you get a certain amount of i offer packages too so <laughs> um you get a certain amount of hours a month i do 10 20 or 30 hours a month and then you can get you get all the services, you know, whatever you need. And like I said, that also varies a little too based on what services you're getting in those 10 hours. But um, yeah, full service VAs, they, they, they can charge a pretty good amount, you know, if you're really looking for that higher end, like marketing and content creation and everything. Because I will say one thing that you do get with VAs is not only the work that they do, but if there's something they can't do, they're great at connecting you with people who can, or they're the ones that'll do the connecting, you know? So for example, I'm not really much of like a videographer. Like I don't really do video that much, but I ha- I know so many people that do. So I can, you know, easily pass that off to an actual videographer or who's someone who does like really good social media video. And that way you still don't have to worry about it, you know, and you're still getting that top quality content and everything. And just by having a VA who has all these connections. So it does depend, like going back to your question, it does depend on the kind of services that you're looking for, but I'd say a good between like 20 to 40, 45 on their I know. Skills.
1: I know personally, I need somebody to look through my email and get rid of the junk mail every morning before I
2: look at it. Oh um, yeah. That's a big, that's, that's a big thing.
1: <laughs> like that's why you can hire an East coaster if you're in the Pacific Northwest, like I am mm, you know, yes. by the time you're up and rolling. I'm, <laughs>
2: that's true.
1: I'm sleeping in. Uh, cool. Cool. That's, that's great. So are there any, any other things that that we or you know our audience should know about virtual assistants that we haven't covered.
2: So I think, and I feel like me and Amelia had talked about this once, but I think that another, aside from uh, offshore VAs, I think another really popular topic is about how you know a lot of people say that another main competitor with VAs is AI. And so I did want to touch on that just a little bit because that's a question I've gotten really recently is how do we compete with AI? We
0: did have that conversation, it's- you're right.
2: Yes. <laughs> so, and I thought it was so interesting too because, you know, AI has literally been called the virtual assistant. And so I feel like a lot of VAs were like, oh my gosh, my job is going to be taken or whatever it is. But reality of it is that, AI is still so new, um, you know, it hasn't been fully developed to the capacity I think it might be able to, but I also don't think that'll be anytime soon. So as for AI right now, it all it does is take a whole bunch of information from the internet and put it into a nicely wrapped gift for you. But what it misses a lot of the time is the personality of your business, you know, and also a lot of times the you know, the simpler things like grammar and full sentences and whatnot, and uniqueness as well. Because let's say with an IT company, right? And you're like, I need a 500 word blog on why IT is important in a business. So another IT company could ask AI the same exact question, and you'll get two of the same exact blogs, maybe a tiny bit different. But, you know, I don't think I don't think and I don't think people realize this until later on, because then with everything with SEO and, you know, searching things on Google, next thing you know, your business comes up right after another IT business, because you guys have the same exact blog, or whatever it is, same thing with captions, or hashtags or anything copy related. So what you need also is not just AI, but a VA that knows how to use AI as a tool, you know, they are definitely somewhat like That's a skill set that I had to add once this AI came out because, you know, I don't think you should push it away. I just think that you should utilize it as a tool rather than a replacement for VAs. So because instead of saying, hey, hey, uh, chat GPT, I need a 500 word blog on IT. You can say I like you are a business like (laughs) AI. you are this business. Write me a 500 word blog to, you know, to draw in an audience from South Florida about why IT is important in a in a small business of 50 people, something like that, you know, for lack of better words. I mean, you have to know how to speak to AI in order to get a good, unique response. And then you also need someone to read through it too. So yes, like I said, use it as a tool, but just not as a replacement.
1: <laughs> I think you're right. And I, I, I use AI quite a bit for marketing things. And it really does take massaging to get original, more original-looking content, as opposed to getting just basic, basic stuff.
0: Do you use the paid version,
1: John? Yeah, I do. Okay, I do. I mean, I, yeah, I've been I've been using the paid version for a while now, and and I mean, I use it sometimes for graphics, but as mm-hmm. you mentioned. I have to ask it to take all the text out of graphics because it can't spell worth a darn in oh, graphics. Yeah. <laughs> the weirdest, the weirdest thing. Um, I fought with it, you know, to get it one of uh, one of the coolest pictures I got from it. That was awesome. It, it took me five tries of trying to get it to change uh, letters around, and and so it has. It definitely has its place, and I think it does really good. If you know how to like, I think you're right. If you know how to massage the content, yes. and don't just take the first answer and use it,
2: right? Exactly, because you'll you'll definitely realize it later on how you know how it could have lacked in some ways, or or gotten something completely wrong. On top of that, you know, so it still takes time to to yeah. use it.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely a great. tool to definitely a tool to enhance whatever it is that you're working on, make it a little bit faster. Right, something that used to take you. 30 minutes now maybe takes you five minutes, which means you can do more of it instead Mm -hmm. of just saying, you know, it can replace this person. Um, I've used it moderately. Um, I use it a little bit more in the beginning. Um, I think I have to move to the paid version to get what everybody else is getting that I feel I'm not getting. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: (laughs) I guess that's the best way to put it. I
1: think you're right. I've been using a paid version for a while because I don't think you get 4.0 with with uh no you no, you yeah. don't you
0: don't get 4.0 you don't get images so when yeah. i went to create Four. images on another system like it doesn't do well with fingers hands and fingers like that's not ai's you know it looked like some like the person's <laughs> perfect and it looks like alien hands like the hands <laughs> look like this and i'm like yeah something something's not right there
1: yes yeah. yes AI, ai's interpretation of human body things are, are sometimes just really bizarre and and you know, faces or, or things like that too.
2: It is. So,
1: yeah. That's really funny. Well, go ahead, Amelia. You were going to say something.
0: No, I was, no, I was, uh, I was going to give um, Rachel a platform for a minute or two and let her promote herself and anything else that she has going on uh, for people to contact her. Go ahead, Rachel. Tell yours.
2: Yeah. So, Obviously, yes. I have my own virtual assistant business. It is just me just now, so I'm working, you know, one-on-one with a lot of businesses. So, I mean, if you want to get in contact with me, I definitely have a good amount of space in order. I have about 5 clients right now that I manage, but always adding new ones, always looking to grow. So, I have my my website remotelyrachel.co. Or you can email me straight to my Gmail and setting up a 30-minute consultation for free to see how you can grow your business and we can do it together and all the things, you know, that I can do to help and take that stress off your hands.
0: All right. Any uh, any closing questions, John, on your end?
1: No, I don't, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm thanks for being here. This is yeah. a, a great time just to learn about virtual assistants. And now I have a clearer picture of,
0: <laughs> uh, of me what. Me too, I I learned a thing or two as well. I'm not going to lie. Yeah.
2: I love it. Thank yeah. you guys for having me.
0: <laughs> um, thank yeah, you for partner having partner. us. And yes. as part of your network, when people have IT issues,
2: you got it. to come to me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Right, well, well, thanks thank for, for being here. For yes. Thank
2: mm-hmm. you guys.
0: Take care. Thank you. Me too. Awesome. All right. That was good. That was informative. That was great.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now I have to uh, change my plans and figure out uh, my VA plans. So now <laughs> I have to rethink rethink my whole strategy, which is good.
0: So. These first two months have been crazy for me. I haven't been able to focus on anything that I needed to focus on. So I'm like running around. I feel like the first two months of the year are always like that, especially with the business taxes and stuff like that. So I feel like March is when I start doing business again. Right now I'm just – Picking up the pieces, almost.
1: Yeah, We just had a baby, so I don't really know. I mean, I don't really have an exact uh, thought about- You need a virtual, need like, a virtual yeah, babysitter? I need, no, no. But a VA would actually probably help with- it in a of No, my real babysitter is doing great. She's doing awesome. She's kicking butt. But uh, there's there's always stuff to be done, and you don't realize all the things you were doing until they're, they're uh, doing less of it. <laughs> so, uh, that's great. So, okay. We're going to move on to what well, we have to come up with that official name, for it, but we're going to talk about some cybersecurity, uh, things in the news. And here's, here's the one we, we were looking at any desk, any desk is a tool that is used to do remote support. Or remotely connect to a computer. Some people use it just to remotely connect to their work machines or things like that. It's also fascinatingly, it's also commonly used for uh, scammers to to scam, uh, usually consumer side victims. So like your grandma, your grandpa, those those kind of people, and. And that's where you that's where you see it quite a bit. I think there may be some providers that are using it. There's, I'm sure they've got a following because they're in business. But any desk looks like it had its a production servers hacked and had some passwords mm-hmm. reset. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you're if you're using any desk, change your password. They
0: are, they're a big player, not only in our space but in the. In the enterprise market and in the in-house i.t market uh any desk has you know a pretty good grasp on the um ooh, can't think of the word right now but they have a good real estate on there you know they have they have mm-hmm. a lot of they have a lot of clients they have a lot of endpoints um usually on the enterprise because of you know their billing and, and the tools that they provide actually for our watchers there's a new movie that was released recently it's called the beekeeper with Jason Statham, and the concept is uh, a lady he's doing work for gets scammed just like this, right? She gets a she gets a notice on her computer that says you have a virus and it's not up to date. You should call us, and she calls the number and she says, "Hey, I'm getting this, you know, this virus notification on my screen." And then you know the scene changes, and the guy's in a call center. He has like a really nice suit on. It's a really nice looking call center with a lot of monitors and i guess his counterparts are watching him make the sale quote unquote and it's him trying to scam the elderly lady out of her money so he tells her okay go online download this product oh no he says you need to do this to your computer she says well i don't know how to do that he's like well our team can help you just download this this product um i think it was called friendly me or something like that uh friendly connect or something like that in the movie But basically, that's what any desk would be. So they would tell you, download any desk, you download any desk, they connect to your computer, Mm -hmm. and then they're going to tell you to put in your password to your bank or something like that was, in this scenario, what was happening. And once the lady does that, her screen goes black for about 30 seconds. And when it comes back up, all her accounts are at zero. And she was like a financial, financial planner, financial advisor. So all of her money, all of her clients' money, over $2 million are gone, and then Jason Statham goes on as usual. You know, I'm gonna tear the world to pieces until I get to the bottom of this thing. The concept is it happens. Um, it happens to a lot of people. I've I've had it happen to people that I know personally that they get attacked this way.
1: Yeah. If you want to see it, he's not a he's not a subscriber or anything, but <laughs> if you want to see a really good, there's a good YouTuber called Scammer Payback. Uh, who now it's comical, so enjoy cuz he's he actually pretends he's old people and he's not. Uh but he does a really good job of showing you the scams in action and what they look like. And so it acts really educational to kind of see how people how these scammers he's talking to real scammers how these scammers are actually communicating. And and he uh he the guy was a cybersecurity uh, engineer. So he really knows his stuff. He also knows how to hack back into other people's computers which is kind of fun to watch but there it's a really good look he's a really good example of where you can see that stuff in real action here's the thing i'm reading through this article any desk doesn't know what was stolen this is always the common
0: thing yeah have it, I have it up, have it up here too i think this oh i feel like we touch on this every single episode and i want to make it like a thing because people don't know supply chain again Like if somebody that you work with is not secure and they get hacked, now you're vulnerable to being hacked as well. So for instance, this company reports of having 170,000 customers, including 7-Eleven, Comcast, Samsung, NVIDIA, Siemens, United Nations. So people we use, people they use. So they're gonna get hacked. That gives them access to their client systems. If I'm a client of Comcast now, Comcast gets hit and now I'm a victim of that supply chain. One to the next, to the next, to the next. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Here's what's fascinating about this. You look at this information and it looks like most of these providers that you see are probably using that for remote support for their self, for themselves, like yeah. Comcast, for example. They're yeah. probably using that to remote into work machines from home to do work or things like that. Which then means, say, somebody gets access to the Comcast, uh, you know, somebody, any desk on Comcast, now all of a sudden they have the ability to hack back in uh, to the Comcast environment and then start the process of stealing their information as well. This can easily roll into something way bigger than just one company overnight. I agree. And now the good thing it looks like uh, it looks like CloudStrike's involved Well, that's that's good they're one of the leading remediation companies for cybersecurity incidents so they were smart and they got they got a a company immediately you know in on the 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 incident so that's good they looks like they changed their so it looks like they for sure had uh they were they had some secu- security certificates that were stolen and some some code from their production server so they re- immediately revoked the, c- the certificates it looks like they might have even replaced hardware by one of the comments that i read earlier um that they kind of said that they they removed any hardware that was that was potentially affected and associated with that in other words they don't really know how compromised it was <laughs> so they they basically took it offline and replaced it with something new they knew wasn't
0: compromised. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna touch on something for a second that might feel like not a trend, but if our message is misconstrued, there's no shame in getting hacked, guys. Yeah. Everyone sooner or later is gonna get hacked. doesn't matter how big, how small you are. If you see that the big multi million dollar companies, billion dollar companies are getting hacked and they have bigger teams and bigger systems. So the same thing can happen to the small businesses. It's about number one, being as prepared as you can be so that if they do get in, they take as little as possible. And number two, being prepared for the outcome, being prepared for the business continuity part of it. You know, how do you continue to do business after you've been hit? So those are the two things that we like to educate on. So don't be ashamed if if you have been hacked or if you're like, man, I don't have anything in place, I'm you know. It's it's not a, a shaming thing. It's a, right. we want you to be prepared thing.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the other part of this. When we talk about cybersecurity from our perspective as a managed service uh, provider or an MSSP, what we're talking about a lot of times is we're putting things in place to limit the possibility of a cyber attack. We're also saying that we're limiting the blast radius. So yeah. if something happens, we can have a much smaller incident as opposed to having a really big one. And then it's interesting too. It looks to me like uh, according to any desk in any ways, it says any desk is designed in such a way which system authentication tokens cannot be stolen. They only exist on the end users device. So in other words, uh, the token each time gets created at the, at the end users device. And then the system has to know what that token is. So, um, there is some security things built in and I guess this talk, we, we were talking about this in a different thing on a different, uh, probably in our peer group, I think it was Chris Weiser who was talking about, we're starting to see where government will start to get involved as if these things blow up too big. So companies like any desk have now a responsibility in the eyes of the government to make sure that they are doing everything they can to protect client information. And they are responsible to build products that have a layer of authentication and protection in them so that if something like this happens, their blast radius is minimized. So they're saying, okay, yeah, they got, they got stuff and we'll have to figure out how to deal with that. But at this point, they're not aware of any way that somebody can actually get through their way. They built their backend token system, which is, which is good news. Uh, but always I you know I look at these things with a grain of salt and I say let's wait three months. Let's see where because we saw fall. that we saw that with last pass, unfortunately, right? Like it was like nothing got hacked, and then it was like something got hacked, and then it was like nothing important got hacked. Oh crap. lots of important things got hacked.
0: <laughs> That's usually how it goes. So yeah, let's see where the right. chips fall and then see you know right. what remediation needs to happen.
1: Then. Yep, exactly. And I think the fact that they've got Cloud Strike in there immediately. Uh, is a really good thing. So um, okay. yeah, I think that being that they've got a, a leading company in there, I'm sh- I'm confident that they have, uh, you know, at this point, I always think about these cyber attacks and depending on their response, that's why I, w- I watch them really close and how they respond. If they respond well then I think that they can be some of the safest companies to do business with in the future. I always use this example. I, when I, when I was in high school, I remember when Jack in the box had an E. coli scare, like they had people get sick. It was a crazier thing. And I remember my, I was either somebody said it or I
0: thought it or whatever.
1: The conversation was, man, you know what they're, after they reopen, they're probably the safest place to eat right now.
0: That's a good concept.
1: Right, Because now all of a sudden, they have to double down on their policy to for food handling. And this is yeah, the same like, way when you look at some of these companies, especially when these kind of things happen. Now, they have to double down on their cybersecurity. They don't have a choice. So probably, some of these whenever, will be the best. Whenever
0: I, whenever I get a client that was just hit and they were not my client before, they're like, it doesn't matter what it is. I need it implement it now. Yep. I wish yep. I would have done this before. You know, right. Before I didn't want to because of price. Now I know what the price of not doing it is. Yeah, just do it, get it done, secure us whatever we need to do.
1: Yep. Yeah, that, that's exactly. And that price is sturdy. I don't have the my book in uh, at my desk here, but I wrote a whole chapter on that that comment about or that topic of what happens uh, when you get hacked and how much does it really cost and the numbers depend on the business were staggering. I don't think we realize or think about how much like dental offices this is one of the examples I use, how much a dental office brings in per day. And if they can't take patients in how much money they lose. And it's, it's crazy. It's astronomical and it can do real damage if a company is not paying attention to that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. Well, Uh, Another great show today, uh, learning about virtual assistants. So we've got another one uh, coming up. I don't, okay, if I remember correctly, the next one is going to be pre-recorded because we're going to be traveling uh, to Arizona uh, together. So we'll probably have some live uh, cell phone video content or something. Yeah, we'll try to to go live once or twice. We'll try
0: to see if we can get some content done over there.
1: I think I'm going to bring my video equipment and my uh, wireless mic system. So I think we'll actually be able to do something, but um, next week's going to be not live. It's going to be pre-recorded, uh, but we have a really great uh, guest uh, coming on for that one. And, and then as usual, you can check us out on all of the podcasting services. So Apple, um Spotify. We're everywhere. If you're one of those people like me who gets most of their podcasting content in the car. So definitely uh, check us out on uh, one of your favorite platform, uh, you know, favorite platform. And of course we're usually streaming live uh, to social media when we're, when we're not traveling.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: So excited to be here. Thanks for watching. And of course, if you have questions, uh when we're live we see those uh if you're on facebook or on the linkedin channel uh yeah. and, or i think actually youtube actually not you're not linkedin but youtube you can definitely throw comments in uh the the chat there or in the comment section we can actually uh, answer questions live so i tried to uh, remember to put that in the comments today but if you have a live question and you're either on the YouTube channel or on Facebook, you can actually go ahead and throw in comments and we can answer them for you. So uh, definitely feel free. We love to be interactive, especially when we're doing these live events. And uh, with that, we'll hope to see you guys uh, next week. And uh, thanks for being here.
0: See you guys. Well, next Monday pre-record, we'll see you guys live on the
1: 19th. Live on the 19th. Awesome. All
0: right. All right, everyone have a good day.